Okay, 20, 12th chapter Mark, 28th verse. And one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, what is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, and answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all the heart, thy soul, and with all the mind, and with all the strength. This is the first commandment. And probably before you do this second commandment, you got to do this first. And the second is, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This, there is no other commandment greater than these. That's a, not a lot of words, but man, it's a big mouthful. <laughs> he said, you know, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength, or mind, and with all the strength. It's the first commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. I want to keep that thought in mind for just a little bit and turn with me back to, and a little bit back towards Mark, the gospel, the second chapter. We'll be reading some there for just a little bit. You know what, as we read them a couple of verses there, the Lord told us to love, us, love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind, strength. You know, that's, that's a love that we have to have a personal love. Amen. I mean, we have a, you know, I think we have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not a distant love or something, an object you love. You have to have a personal relationship with him and to love him that way, I think. So, you know, to love with strength, your heart, and your soul, and mind. I believe that very much so. And to do that, you know, we got to know uh, me, <clears throat> know a little bit about him, I think so, you know, and know what he can do and what, he, what he's done for us. And we, I know it's just elementary stuff here right now, but it's just he's done so much for us. And he's still doing stuff for us. And we believe that. He's still doing stuff for us. And I... Uh, uh, I'm so thankful today that in times of troubles and trials and heartaches that we have somebody that we can go to. And, uh, you know, and I mentioned just a moment ago that Christ told us he'd be with us even till the end. And that is a promise from, promise from him, and I believe he's going to keep that promise very much so. And I don't, you know, we, we today, as we get, try to get in back to we're going to start it here for just a little bit. We live today, you know, time, you know, we, we, we get so distracted about, you know, get pulled so many different ways. Anybody agree with that? Probably, you know, just pulled this way and that way you get to a point you don't got time to seem like, like you used to have to do things like you used to do. We get pulled so many different ways. But one of the most important things that we'll ever do in our lifetime is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody. Amen. I think it is the most important thing. And um, we are very blessed here at, at this community. We're very blessed at this, at this church to have the love that we have in this church towards God and towards one another. I believe that very much so. I think when one hurts, the other one hurts. And I think that's the way it should be. You know, when one rejoices, the other rejoices, you know, because we have grown uh, close together, I think, so over the years. And I appreciate that. I know, God, I know it's what God wants us to do. 
But I just want to, uh, and I've, I've talked about this before, and you know this, this story in the Bible, but I want to go into it for just a little bit to this morning, that as we talked about the, lo- the, the, the love of God, you know, how much we should love Him, and, and I believe He'll love us. Uh, I know He loves us very much, so He gives His Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross for us. Second chapter of Mark, it says, you know, and it starts reading, and uh, you all have to bear with me because, boy, this is that in my Bible. I've got a little bit of it torn out, so I probably won't get word for word, okay? <laughs> And it says here, as he entered to Capernaum, after some days, there was a noise that he was in the house. There was no report that he was in the house. And straightway, the many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room for, no room for them, no, not at the doors, for he preached the word unto them. It's amazing today, you know, you don't, back, I guess back to his days, you didn't have to have entertainment. You just had to have the word to get people to come. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all, I mean, that's just the point, I guess. You know, if I can't entertain, you don't get very many here. But, you know, he just preached a word to them, and he couldn't even get them in the house. And that's, you know, that's how powerful the word is, and that's how great it is if you just use God's word and not try to mix man's with it. I'll put it that way. Amen. Just use God's word. You know, they want to hear what God has to say because, you know, it ain't nobody can, ain't nobody can do it. I don't know what word they try to put it, but it's the true word of God. Amen. But he was there at this house, and he was preaching there. He was teaching the noise. He was ever was t- teaching on preaching, whatever you want to maybe we'll call it. And he said he was supplying. You know, there's so many people there they couldn't get inside. They were sitting outside listening. I guess you know maybe what they could hear outside. But the Bible says, you know, there was a person that was. The uh, Bible says in the third verse that was uh, was sick, and the Bible said that he was being bored of four people or carried by four people. As they come there, and it gets back to the love, I think. So, you know, you talk, you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And these four, they loved this, their friend. Amen. Very much so. And I think if we get love towards God in the way that we talked about in what we just read a while ago, we might have more love toward the second, what it said, it said to love our neighbor as, you know, to love our neighbor too, you know. We might have a better love for that if we love God the way it tells us to in the first part. Amen. With all of our soul, mind, strength, and all that, you know. And the Bible says here, as they was doing this, as, as he was preaching the word to them, they come, here come these four people carrying uh, their friend. And if you, in my mind, you get them in like a cot thing, you know, two on one side, two on the other. carried him because they heard that Jesus was in the house. One of the most important things that you can do is to bring someone to where Jesus is when, you, when the word is being preached or taught. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? That'd be better than giving them a million dollars. Because, you know, I mean, they may think the million dollars would be better, but then the million dollars is going to go away. But Jesus Christ will never go away. Amen. So they brought him there, you know, and they just carried him there. And they got to where he's at. You've heard me talk about this. They got to where he's at. And, and they got to the place. They couldn't get him in. They couldn't get him in to see Jesus. And most of us probably would point them and say, you know, well, we'll just come back another time. But they love their friend. They, I think they, they, they don't say much about these four people in the Bible, what I've found about them. But I think they love Christ or love the word of God, love God with that with the soul, strength, and mind. Or they wouldn't have done what they've done. Amen. Do you know what I'm talking about? We try to find an excuse to get out of spreading the gospel. When they try to find an excuse for they didn't even try to find an excuse, they're going to find a way to get him there. 
because it was important. And today we don't realize, you know, how much time we have here on this earth. If we realize how much time, if we knew how much time we have, it would probably scare part of us. And we'd probably do things different. All we got is today. I'm promised. I mean, we, today, we got today. We got no promise of tomorrow. Life is short as a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. That's what the Bible says. So they brought this person to him. And he said, you know, and I was reading a little bit on the history and one of the commentaries I got there. And the houses back then was made, but they, they said they had, there was a stairway, went up the side of them. The top was, uh, was kind of a flat roof, you know, and had mud and straw and stuff like that back in the days. That they was talking about these, this house that he was at. It wasn't like a roof probably we'd have today and all this steep and stuff like that. A place that people could go in and sit on top of the roof probably. So they said, you know, and they got to get their minds getting together and they said, you know, well, if we can get to the top of that roof, we could dig out a hole. And we can let him down to where Christ is at because there's nothing between that and where Christ is at but that roof. What are you willing to remove today to get to Jesus Christ? Some things, and, and I think that was what job they was doing is probably a hard job to remove this hole and make a hole in the roof. And some things in their lives are hard to remove too. Amen. It's just how much you love God if you will remove it or not. Don't shut me out here yet, okay? Amen. It's just when he said, well, we'll do it next time. But these four, I think in their minds, said, you know, we're not guaranteed he's going to be here tomorrow. He's here today. I hear him. I hear his words. He may not be here tomorrow. I wonder how many people has passed this life and said, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow never came. Think about it. They said, I got this opportunity and I'm going to take advantage of it. I wonder today if we as human beings take the opportunity we need to when God gives us opportunity, we take the advantage that he gives us. Do we go out on a limb and say, hey, I'm going to do this no matter what. Amen. God's given me this opportunity and I'm going to do it. And they would have said, you know, we said, well, they took it to the top and they started digging. I know in my mind that Christ knew exactly what was going on because he knows. But he let them keep digging. And there's things in your life that goes through your life. You don't understand why you're going through it, but God knows. Anybody believe what I'm just saying on that part? I believe he knew that he, they was digging for these when they started the first removal of the mud or straw, whatever they moved. I knew I know Christ knew what was going on. And he could have spoke out and said, hey, I hear you. Or he could have sent someone out there and said, hey, you know, tell them not digging anymore. I'll be up there just a little bit. But sometimes faith's got to step in. Amen. Sometimes faith's got to step in and say, how much are you really wanting this? Come on. You know what I'm talking about? How much are you really wanting this? Amen. How much are you really want your church to be a spirit-filled church? Come on. Think about it. 
You say, I really want it to be fierce. I want it to be spirit-filled. I want to hear the word of God. Well, let me ask you another question. How much time do you spend praying every week that the spirit of God will be in this place stouter next Sunday than it is this Sunday? Amen. How much time do you spend, you know, and say, well, I hope the preacher don't listen to man, but I hope he listens to God and preach what God tells him to. Amen. Why? Because in Ezekiel it says, you know, that he told Ezekiel, he said, I'm going to set a watchman up, you know, and, and, and it's not man's going to tell the watchman what to say. He's going to listen to me and you've got the responsibility to tell them what's going on. That's what kind of church we need. It's a spirit-filled church, a word of God that's been preached from God every Sunday and things that happen. Things that happen. They started digging it out. And Christ kept on talking, I guess, in the tongue room. He don't say much more about that, but he kept on preaching in the room until they got the hole out. And then they got a communication between them and Christ. I don't know if this don't make, maybe don't make any sense much. I don't know, but you know, sometimes we got to get a communication cleared from here to where Jesus is at, or here to where Jesus is at. You know what I'm trying to say. See, this roof is a barrier. But now it wasn't a barrier because they made a hole in it. And sometimes we got to put things away, you know, to get a, get a communication between us and God. So they carried this. And the Bible says here, as they've done this, he said they let the man, they let this man down in the bed. I mean, they're still working now, let me tell you. They didn't say, hey. They get to the, oh, you know, I could think about this story. I kind of think kind of crazy sometimes. Most of y'all know. I thought, you know, they could get the, the hole dug out and say, hey, Christ, we're up here. Can we talk to you for just a minute? Amen. You ever think about it? They could have dug out a small hole just big enough to communicate, but they, but they didn't. They had, a, they had a problem. And there was this man, their friend, I guess, said, we've got to get him to Christ. And whatever it takes, we're going to do it. And they get a big enough hole and let this man, I put just uh, maybe a size cot or I don't know, I kind of think in my mind, maybe outside of a big twin bed or something, they dig that big a hole to let him down. Quite a big, pretty good size hole. And the Bible says, you know, when Christ seen their faith, and I'm going to start quitting, closing. This ain't pretty long. I'm going to kind of get loud. You know, Christ sometimes just won't see our faith before he moves. You know, we're waiting, for God. we're waiting for Christ to move, but sometimes he's waiting for you to move. Amen. Do you hear me? That's worth coming forward to David and come for nothing else. I heard people say, well, I'm just waiting for God to move. You know, I'm waiting for God to move. And I bet you that person sitting in that bed, I bet you they said, I'm glad my friends are moving. Amen. We're not going to sit there and wait for Christ to come up. We're going to get to him. You know what I'm talking about? It's just more how much how dedicated we are to get to Christ. I bring it back up here. And they let him down. He said, he's seen their face. And what's the first thing he done? Probably not what they thought he was going to do first. He told the man that was on the stretcher. He said, thy sins be forgiven. And I don't know, the Bible don't tell much about this, but I had in my mind that they probably, first thing, they probably thought we we're going to heal him first. 
probably. I mean, it's just human in us. This man was sick from birth. But he said, you know, his sins be forgiven. That's the most important thing today that could ever happen. As a most, you think about the words, man, how precious. We read that, we don't even think about how precious them words are. Think about my God, you know, how precious them words are. Your sins are forgiven. He said that about you too. He told me too, because I've asked him. He's your sins are forgiven. Why? That's the most important thing. We come today for a lot of reasons, but sometimes we come for the wrong reason. The most important thing is their sins be forgiven. Why, Pastor? Because sins are not allowed in heaven. Amen. Only the, you know, we get the only way to get rid of sin by the blood of Jesus Christ for us. And are you talking about a revival? They should have had a revival right then. For a man to be crippled, but now he had hope. And we reworded it. That wasn't the right word to use. For a man, they, they knew he was crippled. Physically, but he was crippled spiritually. Because if he wasn't crippled spiritually, Christ would have never told him sins be forgiven. And Christ took care of that. Christ took care of that. Let him down. Then the Bible tells him, told him the next few things he said. He told me, he said, you know, he said, won't you just take up your bed and leave? Take your bed up and leave. And I'm going to put this all together real quickly in just a, about a minute summary here. If these people hadn't loved God with all their heart, soul, and mind, they probably never would have loved their brother the way they should have loved him. Amen. Think about it. Amen. They probably never would have took him and said, well, we'll just wait on Christ to come by. We'll just wait on God to move. But sometimes, you know, we've got to have our faith step in and say, hey, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you. And they took him to Christ because they said, well, he's here. And I want you to know today, I think Christ is here today. Amen. By Holy Spirit of God, I think it's here today. And he said, won't you take your bed up and leave? I'll put this in my own version. He left a little different way than he came. And there may be something holding you this morning. See, this bed was holding this man and he couldn't do what he really wanted to do. There may be something holding you this morning. You can't do what you really want to do. But I'm here today to tell you, if you just grab a friend's hand, if you don't want to come by yourself, they'll come with you, I guarantee you. Let's stand this morning. I don't know how this message touched you this morning, but this is what God just gave me this morning. Sometimes it's just one of your faith is going to have to step out and say, I just trust you. I trust you. Anybody needs to come and pray for any reason, we ask you to. Every eye closed for just a moment. If you just want to slip up your hand and say, Pastor, in your heart, say, I just need your prayers. God bless them hands. God bless them. God bless them. God bless you. Father, today we just come before you. Thank you again for this time you've given us today to be in your house. We thank you for your word today, Father. 
We thank you for the spirit we feel here this morning, Father, today. We just ask you to stir our souls today, Father. We just pray, Father, that we just can love you more and more each and every day with our, our heart and strength today, Father, more than we ever have, so we can love more than we've ever have, Father. We know you love us today. We pray once again, Father, these prayer requests that you just touch them today, touch the Cranford family today, Father. Very much so today, Father, let your spirit just flow in that place today, Father, that they can feel your presence today, Father. Be it those that's having surgery, Father, be it those that's going through treatments today, Father. We know you know each and every need. We're going to trust. We're going to believe you today, Father. We're going to believe you today, Father, that everything's going to be all right. And Father, we just love you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.